Welcome to the High Energy Ballers Podcast with Eric DeJohn. Designed to inspire, motivate, and take your game and life to the next level. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform. And as always, bring the energy. Welcome to another episode of High Energy Ballers. Today, I've got a special guest. Son, what's going on, man? How you doing? Pretty good. Thanks for having me, Eric. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Son is the owner of Night Owls, which is a marketing company. And, um, you know, he's doing some big things in the world. And, and, you know, for those of you who have watched previous episodes, you know, that's kind of who I'm focused on bringing on is people who have a unique perspective and can drop some value and, and maybe even help some, some people out. So, um, Thanks for joining and uh, pre- appreciate it. Looking forward to a, uh, a value-packed podcast where, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we could talk about some marketing, some some adversity, some things like that. Because, I mean, dude, everybody needs a good marketer, right? Marketers are a dime a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, Yeah, you're right. Like everyone's, I guess everyone's kind of in marketing now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if uh, there are a lot of good marketers. This is one of those things like, you know, everyone can say they're a marketer. Yeah. Or a storyteller, right? Like a lot of people say they're a storyteller or yeah, uh, something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. What, uh, what, what, what specific industry do you guys focus on? Or do you focus on a yeah. few different ones? We do. So when we started, we kind of like did everything. And then that quickly turned out to be not a great idea. So we yeah. kind of focusing on uh, healthcare, kind of like hospitals, <clears throat> re- health research, uh, pharmaceutical. But then about five years ago, we started working with uh, a, a motivational speaker named Gabby Bernstein. Mm-hmm. And she kind of really, before that, I didn't know anything about this whole self-help, self-personal development world. Yeah. So I got really into that. And then over the last five years, we kind of switched our focus to working with personal brands. Right. So now we mostly work with authors, personal brands, uh, coaches. Okay. I got you. So are you are you promoting courses, books? When you say personal brands, like people who are like, yeah, people who sell courses, they sell books and things like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So you're you're essentially creating funnels for them to to help them sell their yeah. Books. So. We mainly do their their website, like their brand story, uh, helping them kind of craft their brand, brand story. story. Yeah. Uh, and oh, we and also, we also do, do, the do the funnel, funnel. sales page, mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. Gotcha. Of their mark email <laughs> sequence, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. That's um, that's definitely unique, right? Uh, so my business is in solar, and what I notice is. Whenever we have, so the ads that we get are, you know, that we're producing are, we, we lay out an offer, right? Because it's in the offer, right? That's where a lot of people, they click on it. They're like, oh my God, like, how is this actually true? Right? Mm-hmm. So we just give them a, a, you know, an incentive to go solar, right? And, and the offer makes it so awesome. And, you know, obviously we give them the offer, right? But that they click on it, they're like, oh my God. But it, it allows us to capture so many leads whereas if it wasn't just like a straightforward solar ad so when yeah. you're promoting these people's courses is it do you do something along the lines of that yeah 
Yeah, definitely. So not not necessarily offers, but we <clears throat> so the the biggest problem I see is like, for example, you're in um you're kind of like in sports that or health. So I see this a lot in health yeah. and fitness, but it applies to everywhere, like money, mm -hmm. uh, you know, happiness, whatever that is, right? Mm -hmm. like, like everyone's trying to sell this thing, which is like this is like the mindset, right? Like mm -hmm. in order because like all the fitness coaches, health wellness coaches, what they say is the problem is not that, you know, you, you don't have a good, you don't know the good diet, you don't work out. The problem is that there's something in your, something has to happen in your mindset shift. Right. In order for you to go from here to here. Right. But the thing is, people are not looking for that. So they're like, you have to deal with your past trauma. You have to deal with something that's missing in your life so that you'll stop eating that junk food and you're stuck you'll start going to the gym because otherwise you're just going to kind of relapse and go right back right so they're trying to sell this mindset shift but at the end of the day the customer is not looking for the customer just wants to lose 30 pounds so how you have to get them from here to here is you have to start with okay do you want to lose 30 pounds and then you have to then that's the hook right that's that's kind of your ad the offer that hooks them into the ad Right. And then through a video or a sales page or whatnot, or through an email funnel, you have to educate them on why, if you want to lose 30 pounds, you actually have to do this. Mm -hmm. Do you And then you can make the sale. But if you, yeah. if you start from here, you're just not going to make that sale. For sure. So is there a lot of automation and follow-up involved with a lot of your clients? Yeah, a lot of my clients have like pretty long funnels. Yeah. Um, sales, like pretty long sales pages. Like, because, you know, if for, for people to put in their credit card, I'm, I'm sure like you're generating leads, right? So you're getting them to contact you. You're not actually selling them. They're not paying with, paying with the credit card and buying online, right? Nope. Well, we're, we're reaching out to them. It's, it's pretty similar where, you know, mm. we get the, leads, the, the leads come in and then we follow up with you them. What you yeah, said yeah. right there was, you know, that's why I asked you, do they have a long follow-up process? Because, dude... The salespeople who actually have the persistence to follow up and sell yeah. so many more deals, yeah, right? Yeah, for but sure. A lot of people struggle to, to see that, especially when they first start out. I feel like there's a good amount of people that listen to this that are starting out, but they don't, when you first start out, you kind of have blinders on. You don't really know what to expect, right? So for our system, like our sales guys, they're expected to follow, like if somebody says they're interested, they might not buy for another two weeks and then they you call them, you know, every single day, yeah. you follow it up with them with texts, emails, and they don't answer you. And then two weeks later, they're like, oh, sorry, by the way, about that solar thing. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. I apologize. You know, so over the telephone or, you know, online, you just have to be a lot more persistent. Yeah. Right? So it's I feel like that's kind of similar to what you're talking about. But I guess, yeah, when you start out, in sales, you don't know that because you you don't. I don't know why you don't know that, but yeah, if you put yourself in the other person's shoes, like you know, you're busy, you're living your life, you mm -hmm. forget about this guy or this, yeah. and then all of a sudden, like even when your friends are trying to call you to hang out, right? Like you need that reminder. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you forgot about it, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh yeah, let's hang out. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's the same thing in sales. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. But one of the biggest differences I noticed in the marketer that I work with is he actually will help people who don't understand how to sell solar and he'll mm -hmm. teach them a process that's been proven to sell people over the phone. 
So that's probably one of the biggest differences I've noticed in marketers or people who are actually willing to help with the entire process because most of the companies out there, not generally speaking, but in solar or you know insurance because I was in insurance before, mm-hmm. they'll just kind of sell you the leads, but they won't actually direct you on what they yeah. have seen. Like in other words, they're not. It seems like they're not really focused on getting feedback from their customers. They're just focused on selling you those leads. I consider that like part of the sales. So. I think there's three parts to to like getting customers in business, right? First, there's the branding, which is like the aware and they have to be aware. Of them. And that's a long-term game, right? Yeah. At some point, you know Coca-Cola or you know this brand, so you go buy it. And then there's marketing, which is like the funnel, getting them in the door, their leads, like writing the ads, getting getting turning strangers into leads. And then the part you're talking about where you follow up, I really consider that like the sales process, right? Because you, at that point you have a you have a human being kind of getting touched with them, so I mean to to be good in that you actually have to know how to sell. That's a that's a yeah. sales. Um, a lot of what I do is the marketing piece. So there's two ways to generate leads, like online. So what you're doing is you're generating leads, and then you're you have somebody follow up and sell. A lot of what our clients do is they sell right there online. Right. So nobody has to follow up with them. People put in their credit card number and they just buy it. Right. Nice. So nice. that is two very different types of sale. You, like For what sure. you do is a high ticket item. So there has to be some sort of a lead generation process. Yeah. There has to be somebody who explains stuff, answer questions and all of that. Mm-hmm. But what we do is we have to have a long sales page. We went, we answer all of that and people just, they buy the buy on their own. For sure. Um, so it's, it's very different. Like for you guys, you don't need long sales pages. Because right. at that moment in sales, the more information you give them, the higher chance that they're going to walk away. So you actually have to give them little information to get them in, to give them your email, give, give you their email. And then you have to sell over the phone. Yeah. How, how did you manage to get into marketing? Okay. Like what, what, I started what out actually as a designer because I always thought of like advertising as like just design. A about, graphic design? Yeah, like, like graphic design. Web, okay. I started as a web designer. Yeah. So I just wanted to make things look good. And mm-hmm. then like a few years into it, I, I found out it actually has very little to do with how things look, like the design. And it has everything to do with like the messaging, the, the actual words you use, right? Okay, yeah. So I started learning copywriting. And that's... Right. So, yeah. And then like slowly I got into... I got more interested in actual marketing conversion more than the actual design part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it matters more about what is in the ad is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of people still focus so much on design. And from my experience, you know, I've launched sites that have like really, really high end design that, that mm-hmm. does, that performs terrible. Yeah. And then I've also launched, you know, sites that doesn't have so, such nice design. It's a very basic design, but it performs like crazy. So it has very little to do with like how it's going to perform. <laughs> yeah. It takes a, it takes meeting a good marketer to, to understand that. Because like you said, I was like that before too. I'm like, probably just got to look good, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You realize, <laughs> no. But do you, do you meet a lot of, a lot of your customers? Are they, are they in situations where they're doing that, where you look at their current ads and they're like, 
Yeah, they're, so they're just looking good, and then all of a sudden they meet you, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like, let's do this, and then they're like, "Wow!" And then they say, I don't wow. think so because no, I actually think there are people that understand that, and there are people who don't. And usually, what I noticed is that like my most successful, cl- so I work with some some big personal brands like Mel Robbins, Jay Shetty, and some of this, some of our biggest clients actually understand that already. So they don't waste too much time on make, trying to make the design perfect. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are kind of starting out, right? The ones that are like, or the ones that's been at it for like 10 years, but they're kind of stuck in the same place. Mm-hmm. Like these are the people that are like so carried away. It's like, oh, I need to have a perfect background, perfect lighting. Like I, my, my course videos have to be perfect. Like they're, all of their attention is like on that, that, they're not actually focusing on the core of the message or the core of their products or anything like that. And that's why they're stuck there, right? <laughs> that's, it's, and I, I try to like make them understand, but I think it has a lot to do with ego. Like a lot yeah. of those people don't actually care about building a big business. What they care about is making themselves look good in front of their friends or like, hey, go look at my website or like, look how nice that is, right? Like, who cares? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like to just to feed their ego pretty much yeah yeah why do you think that is why do you think a lot of people are like that like you're basically saying that they're not willing to take constructive criticism yeah why do you think that? i think it's like um uh, I'm, I'm i don't know what the truth is but in my opinion i think some people are like true entrepreneurs at the core meaning what they want to do is they want to solve problems they want to help people they want to generate revenue, grow their business. And that's their end goal. And some people just kind of got into business because they just want to be a boss. They just want to be a CEO or they just want, they, they got into entrepreneurship, not because of the right reasons, but because they just wanted to be a CEO. They, they want other two people to think like, oh, look at this guy. Like, and that's why they care about how the website looks, right? Mm-hmm. Like less about how it performs, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Things like that. So the people, the people that want to look cool for their friends. Yeah, exactly. Or they just want to be a boss. Like I, I, I started out in business like that. Like I started my own company 10 years ago because I just wanted to be a boss. Right. Yeah. And then a few years into it, I quickly realized that like being a boss is not like what I thought at all. Like <laughs> being a boss is like actually like. When you're being a boss, you have to do all the work and you get zero credit. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Whereas in you know, employees get all the credit. So yeah. So then you switch your mindset to solving how can I solve more problems? Exactly. Yeah. Legitimately make a difference. Exactly. I, I I started focusing my attention on how I how can I serve people? Mm-hmm. How can I serve my customers, my clients? my employees, mm-hmm. my vendors, my landlord, like all of those people are now your bosses. <laughs> like I, cause I have to keep all of them happy. Right. Right. And they don't care about, it. they don't give you a credit. If you, if you make them happy, it's not like, Oh, good job, son. They don't do that. You know, but you have to be okay with that. And you have to, you have to be hundred percent. Like you have to want that. Then that's when your business actually starts to grow. Look for, look to provide value. Yeah, exactly. If you Instead change of, the value, um, money will chase you. Yeah. But I think a lot of people 
become bosses because you know they think for other people almost like oh i, I want to look cool in front of my friends or yeah. you know like i want to drive a nice car and i want people to envy me like that's it's like the worst reason to go into a business because that's yeah. not <laughs> what entrepreneurship is like at all right yeah and, and it also i mean that's the, the the amount of commitment and discipline that you that you need in order to yeah. actually start growing only to have it be that reason that's going to be yeah exactly feeling because then it's like what do you have to look forward to yeah. there's a there's a huge part of it that's not glamorous at all right oh <laughs> so. yeah no there is but nobody sees that part yeah. nobody ever sees that part but it's yeah. yeah i mean that's the part where you you, you know every every entrepreneur has gone through it you know um have you ever read the book entrepreneur roller coaster with darren hardy no no well, that sounds interesting about, though <laughs> yeah it's a great book great book i recommend it but it just talks about the ups and downs and and basically mm-hmm. I, I would say you know one of the most important things i don't know if you agree with this but it's state management right especially as a salesperson or a business owner in general, because you're going to have so many, like every day it's it's just a roller coaster, right? Mm -hmm. Some days are great. Some days are bad. Some days you got to put out fires. Some days are amazing. And it's just being able to manage your state through all of it. Like in other words, uh, being in an empowered state and and not allowing, um, you, you know, any anything, any outside force to impact your emotions and put you in a disempowered you know, any like that stoicism. Yeah. 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 You know, some people are like that naturally, like I'm the opposite. I'm very emotional, but like, I I know some people that are like very stable, right? Like even if something amazing, like even if they win the lottery, they'll be like, okay, cool. And then, but then like, if the, if their house burns down, they're like, oh, that sucks. Right. Like their emotions, those are like actually the best people to become entrepreneurs for me. I had to learn that like the yeah. first few years, years of my business, because I was like, my emotion was like, like you said, like a roller coaster mm-hmm. that, that really, really hurt me. Right. Like, because at some points you feel like this is never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And at some points you're, I'm just like, Oh, I'm the shit. Like I, <laughs> like I'm up here, you know, like, like I couldn't handle that roller coaster in the beginning. Yeah. So I had to like work on beca- like not caring whether, we win a huge business or we win some huge award or at the end of the day, if we lose a big client or, you know, if something like terrible happens like COVID or something like that, like I had to, I had to learn to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So for me, it, it actually took work to get there, but I think some people are natural, like Stoics. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I was like that too, but I think finding the perfect balance, is that's i mean it's it's it can be difficult to find though right finding a balance uh, in other words like um you, you know like you're saying it took me a while to figure that out so for me it was the same way was how do i how do i not get too high but not get too low mm-hmm. you know um and, and being able to perfect state management um yeah. is massively important yeah Sometimes like it helps me to, uh, I guess even now I have to remind myself to do it, but like whenever something emotion comes, like now you can start to feel it. Like before you just go like, boom, like <laughs> just go, you know, just blow up. You can kind of start feeling that feeling. 
And then it helps me just to like breathe in and think about like 12 months from now. Like yeah. it, how, how much is this going to affect me 12 months from now, right? And then you kind of have to calm down. <laughs> Chill out, reflect. Yeah. 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 And not make decisions or take any negative actions when you're in those disempowered states. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Like, don't take actions in those moments. Just yeah. wait a day. Fear, anger, jealousy, any of that. When you take the wrong action, mm-hmm. man, you'll be regretting it. I definitely yeah. have uh, yeah. learned that learned that the hard way. Especially but, when you work with employees. Like, yeah. Because sometimes you just like, what the, you know, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you just, you just want to like, be like, are you stupid or something like that? Or, but you know, you just got to hold that back yeah. yourself in their <laughs> yeah, shoes. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. Yeah. One thing you said in the beginning that is extremely relevant to uh, myself and obviously you, cause you said it and so many other entrepreneurs I've met. One of the biggest things they had to overcome was you said we were very sporadic in the beginning with the marketing mm-hmm. myself. When I first started as an entrepreneur about six years ago, I was extremely sporadic. I thought like you needed to be involved in two to three businesses and that you had to, you know, work from, you know, the discipline thing was down, right? You mm-hmm. start your day super early and you're in your day mm-hmm. really late. But I, I thought that it was a good idea to be sporadic and, have your hand in two to three different businesses that could make mm. a couple hundred grand each. Right. But what happened was you're, you're not very focused. So when I actually stopped doing that and just focused on one thing and focused all my energy on that, I was, I grew my skill set and I eventually started to grow myself and my business. So was that something that was a, a massive shift for you? Cause you said something about, you know, we, we're sporadic and then we yeah. kind of niche down. Yeah. I had both of those experiences. So I, in the beginning, while I was running my agency, I was trying to build an app also because this was like 10 years ago when like app was like the big thing. So that, that made me lose focus and, and I couldn't do either well. Right. And then once I started just focusing on my agency, we were like targeting all different industries. I think we didn't niche down. And what happened was once we started niching down, um, because what, what happens is, is when you sell a product, right? Most of your customers are going to be like, what, what have you done in the past? Right. How, you know, how many have you sold or how, sure. what other projects have you done? And so it's just that the more you do the same thing in that industry, you're just going to gain more knowledge, experience and the, the track record. So after we, we've done a lot of like healthcare websites after when, when new clients came, and I told them, oh, we work with these 10 hospitals. <laughs> we work with American Red Cross. We, we work with Columbia University Medical Center. We, we work with these. And not only that, Columbia University you know, uses this healthcare system. This company uses this CIS system. Because we knew the, all the technology being used in that industry, and we spoke the, in the lingo, mm-hmm. people are like, it's a no-brainer. Because now they're comparing us yeah. with other web design companies that build websites for restaurants and it's going to be a no-brainer for them because if i'm a hospital do i want to work with the with the agency that built website for 10 hospitals or do i want to work with a company that built 
restaurants and schools and <laughs> movie theaters, you know, like it's, it's, it becomes a no brainer and you can charge a lot more. Like that's when we started like basically 10 Xing our ra- rates. There was en- enough abundance by doing that. I think that's the, that's the <laughs> thing that that's for me. I knew I was like, dude, I need at least two to three things. Right. Cause there's not enough. There's, there's not enough to go around. You're missing out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and then once you realize, oh shit, I can just do you know one thing, and there's there's so much more, yeah. but I'm just yeah. not my eyes aren't opened yet, yeah. you know. And then and then you know you niche down. And you like you said, you charge more because you're 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 not a jack of all trades. Yeah. You're, you're a master of one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it'll it'll be a long time before you run out of customers. <laughs> exactly, and there's there's a lot of outside forces that yeah. aren't familiar. If you have outside forces or there's negative people around, um, that you know are they don't understand business, they don't understand sales and and how it works, they automatically assume yeah. and try and feed into your brain. Yeah. Aren't you gonna have? aren't you going to have people that are, you're going to run out of to sell yeah. call? It's like, and I think it's, Oh, <laughs> the funny thing is once you built a, a strong base in one niche, one messaging or whatever it is, you can actually branch out much easier at that point. But a lot of people try to start out with all these things, but how you should do it is you should just focus on one thing, get that solid up. And then from that point on, branching out becomes so easy. Yeah. Um, even in messaging, like a lot of people are like, so a lot of what I do is brand messaging. So when I talk to clients, the first thing they say, first thing I ask is like, what's your, what's your differentiator? What's your value prop? And they're like, oh, we're, we're good. We're, we have good customer service, but we have good, you know, quality too. And we're like pretty decent price. And they, they name all of these things thinking that, you know, they don't want to miss out like the FOMO, right? Like, I, cause people want that, people want this, people want that. And that's like actually the worst way to do it because now it's hard for, hard for us to differentiate you from anyone else. So for example, we work with a lot of personal brands. So, you know, in the beginning they have to double down on one idea. Like Mel Robbins, she doubled down the, the whole five second rule, right? Like, so five, four, three, two, one, boom, right? And for like a year, a few years, she kept just drilling that down and she became known as the five second lady. And then now she can talk about whatever she wants because now she's already known. Mm-hmm. But if she did that early on, like nobody would know who she is because there's nothing to like tie her to for people like, you know, in the mainstream. Right. So, so that she became known and, and she focused on one thing, right. And that allowed her to gain trust and credibility for people who bought her, her five second say, okay, she's coming out with this. Now she was the thought leader on this category, but I trust her. So let's, let's now the brand is known so you can start selling other products, but before your brand name is actually known, you have to double down on one idea mm-hmm. and you have to be known for that. And then like, yeah. 
That's one thing. It's interesting that we're talking about this because it's one thing I've, I've, I've learned from a lot of influencers out there that are, you know, they're coaches or they're gurus or whatever mm-hmm. they are um, in the space that, you know, you're, you're doing marketing in, right? Yeah. And they, they all have said that, like, you just got to become really good at one thing and become known for that. You know, I've, I've, I've heard that from a lot of like coaches, like, like just <laughs> business coaches. And, and then that way people look at them as, oh, that's the guy who, you know, it's a ghost of guy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the guy for that, you know, everybody's looking for, for motivation or this is the guy who's looking for sales. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and then they become known for that one thing, which is kind of unique because if I didn't see them say that before and then watch it happen, I would have never thought that that's, yeah. I would have thought, man, you would need to have more content because how can you just come up with content off one, yeah. one thing? But if it's valuable enough, sometimes, yeah. you know, less is more. And I think it's because people are afraid. It's like, oh, yeah, that's I, I can be easily known for that one thing. But I don't want to limit myself to that because I'm also interested in this. I'm also passionate about this. Blah, blah, blah. So that's why it's hard for people to limit it to that one thing. Yeah. But you don't have to limit to that one thing for the rest of your life. You just limit it to it for the next couple of years. Yeah. And then once your brand is a little bigger, then you can still pursue other passions. You know? Absolutely. Well, Son, I really appreciate all your time. What, uh, what book would you recommend or books <laughs> that have, that have yeah. helped you, that have helped change your mindset or your business or both? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't really read books, but the last book, it's an audio book that I listened to was um, David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. It was, a, it was phenomenal. Like, yeah. It was probably one of the best books that I've ever, not read, but listened to. <laughs> so you like to listen, uh, but not, not read? Yeah, I do audio books. Yeah. Why is that? Do you feel like you just, you can only retain the information when you listen? Um, yeah, maybe I, I like, I don't have the patience <laughs> yeah. to sit and read. I hear you. I don't know. Reading was just never my thing. I watch a yeah. lot of YouTube videos. I learn a lot from like watching YouTube yeah. videos too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So bottom line is you just got to figure out what type of, kind of learner you are. I love audio books. Uh, <laughs> I try to read at least 10 pages a day in the beginning of the day. Oh, which, wow. I, which I hate reading. So I never did that, but I just started that like within the last year. So I've been pretty consistent with that, but I'm right there with you with audio, YouTube, like online courses, you know, crank the volume. I up. think there's something about reading physical books that is, uh, that is helpful though, because I think you're in a different mindset when you're, when you sit down, open a book and you're reading, you're just hundred percent of your focus is on that. So I think you retain information better or, you know, it's, yeah. it's just better. Yeah. But I just, yeah, I haven't gotten to doing that. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. It's, it, it does help you retain it more. It, it is a little bit uh, more challenging to start. Yeah. <laughs> Especially dude, when you're listening to the audio version, you feel like you're in a classroom with them speaking. Uh, right. Especially if it's, a, I love it when it's the author reading the book. Yeah. When because I feel like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing exactly how they would, you know, interpret. Because sometimes I read, and I don't read it the same way they intended. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> it's different when you hear their tonality yeah. and the energy behind everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, son, thanks for all your time today. Go ahead and follow son at son.yi. Sun.yi on Instagram. And uh, thanks for watching another episode of High Energy Ballers. Be sure to subscribe and share this out. And we will check you later. This is the High Energy Ballers Podcast with Eric DeJohn. Subscribe on your favorite platform. And as always, bring the energy.